everyone. This is the Leadership with Heart podcast, and this is Heather Younger, your host. Employee experience is powered by emotions. Managers and or leaders within organizations get to choose which emotions they unleash from within the people they lead. Leaders, meaning supervisors are above in an organization, drive much of the positive or negative emotions by their actions or inactions, their words, or what they fail to say. When a manager chooses their words and their actions carefully, they exhibit great emotional intelligence. These managers are often thought of as leaders who care, or as I like to call them, leaders with heart. This special brand of leader drives engagement and loyalty simply by being themselves. Are these leaders perfect? Absolutely not. It is in their awareness and sharing of some of their imperfections that we realize their brilliance. In this podcast, I ask you to see yourself in the stories my guests tell about times when they were not the best versions of themselves, but how they use their hearts to guide them to a place of deeper connection with their teams and heightened leadership prowess. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. This is Heather with the Leadership with Heart podcast. And today I am so excited. Oh my gosh, I have Mario Harding on. And I am not joking. We have known each other from a distance for probably almost 15 years. I didn't know. It's been a really long time. Yeah. And if, and I've just seen him from a distance and see some of his response to posts and just have known him. Finally, I just said, I am going to reach out and see if he would like to be on the Leadership of the Heart podcast. And he said, yes. So voila, thank you for being here, Mario. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Heather. And you're so right. It's uh, sort of been this, this LinkedIn connection that we've had over the years, uh, among other things. And so I'm excited to be here and to uh, been fortunate to be asked to just share, just share um, some of the lessons learned in my leadership journey over the years. So thank I you. I appreciate it. Well, Absolutely. so where, where are you anyway right now in your leadership journey? Yeah, so great question. So, um, so you, you know, I, um, I currently work at um, Denver Health. I'm one of the associate chief operating officers. So I work at a 535 bed safety net hospital. You know, my, my leadership journey, um, continues to evolve and grow. I think, you know, I've been in the healthcare industry for over 20 plus years now, have worked at various organizations, um, hospitals that have, as I say, have way more money (laughs) than they know what to do with. Um, And then there's places, you know, that I worked where I come to Denver Health, which is, um, you know, its mission is to serve the the underserved, the uninsured, very vulnerable patient population. So along with that comes this humility and, and being humble um, that I've been able. So I've been able to see both sides. And so, so you know, again, I say as a leader, I continue to, um, to learn and to educate myself, look from others. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the things I say is I'm very humble enough to say I don't know it all as a leader. Um, and so you, you have to be in a position to make sure that you rely on your direct report to those around you who may have greater um, experience or knowledge in the subject to help um, help you get to where you need to be. And I think that's certainly has helped me um, in the years as a healthcare leader. Mm. So those who report to you, I'm curious to know how they would define or describe your leadership style, how they would describe it. Yeah, so you know, I would, uh, I know, and and certainly they can attest to uh, my leadership style has been one of transparency. Um, certainly, um, one very much about coaching and mentoring. So, so you know, I look for opportunities um, to find leaders who are who are kind of in the organization, maybe a bit quiet, but sometimes need to be elevated. Um, 
taken out of their comfort zone a bit. And so, uh, you know, so as I work with, you know, my direct reports, um, I, you know, I, I really encourage that, them to do the same and to find someone who, who has a voice, but may need to be given the opportunity to use that voice more so than they have in the past. And so, so, um, so, you know, that, you know, again, very much, um, I am very much about supporting my team, um, lifting them up um, and being, as I mentioned, transparent. Um, and then lastly, I just say, you know, I do not compromise my, my ethics, ethics. Um, I mean, as a healthcare leader, your integrity and ethics are absolutely critical um, when you're trying to establish credibility with others. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah, ethics and integrity are huge just in um, in any environment. So I can see you know, why that value, and that would be one too that uh, em- employees should probably, would probably take to because if you're a person who's of integrity and of ethics, then you're a person of your word. And so that if you, if they go to you, um, they know they can depend on that word and they can Absolutely. probably depend on you kind of having their back and being supportive and all those other things. Cause it's, just, you know, not everybody has that as their brand. We talked about branding earlier and we all have a leadership brand. We show up one way or another and, um, and by not what we say most times, but what we do, we define our own brand. Yeah. yeah like and, you being reflective. I think that's cool. Right. Absolutely. And, and to your point, again, the credibility piece and the brand, uh, you know, as a leader, again, if you're in a place or a position where you absolutely uh, can't commit to something, <laughs> whether it's because of a financial reason um, or some other outlying reason, um, I think it's absolutely important to make sure that you're transparent with that feedback um, versus trying to fudge it, if you will. Um, mm. And, um, and, and again, that doesn't serve you well, um, particularly when others are looking to you for something that is probably is key or vital to um, supporting the work that they do. Mm, that's a very good point. I'm, I'm wondering where your drive to lead comes from. Where does it come from? Yeah, you know, I, I um, as I ponder that, I, you know, I, you know I'm going to s- sort of insert a little bit of, of I guess I'd call it my my personal journey because, you know, I I am I grew up um, as one of eight siblings um, to a single mom, first you know color a first generation college student um, and and grew up in Memphis by the way in the south. Oh. So you know, and then after a number of years, I made my way here to Colorado, right? Um, but but you know, I think about you know my mom, um, given her experiences as a single mom and, and knew that we, you know, we, we didn't have much, but we, we had enough, right. To, to get by. Um, and so, you know, I said, as I thought about where I would be, I said, Hey, I have the opportunity to go to college. Um, and, um, you know, again, being the first sibling to do that, um, and then I, I had the notion to say, whoa, wait a minute, maybe I can continue my studies after a few years of taking some time off and eventually went to graduate school, right? And got a master's degree. And so, you know, when I think about the drive, I think part of that is I reflect back on as a family where we were to say, I know I don't 
or I won't allow my circumstances to define what I could do. Mm. And I think that's really what's driven me to where I am today is to say that regardless of kind of where we were um, growing up and what we didn't have, I, th- you know, I've said, I want to do more. I want to, I want to do better. And, and I think clearly, um, you know, I think certainly being blessed and just allowing, having, like I said, having people around me to help support my career um, certainly has put me in a place where um, I feel really has impacted my leadership role. So, I, you know, I, I take that personal side to really intersect with my professional journey. Mm, and I think and that's exactly what I was getting to. I always find that often what people do is they'll give me an answer and it's um, related to something that's maybe like kind of recent, like, oh, you know, five years ago. And I'm like, no, I actually want you to go back further. And so I appreciate you that you, you know, you went, you went there right away. And wow, for your mother, like the single mother of eight children, I have four children and I have, with a, I have an amazing husband and there's no way I could do this by myself. So right. you yeah. know, hats off to her. And I, and I can imagine the kind of children she produced in that. And then again, this level of gratitude, but this desire to go over and above is, you know, something that probably, you know, just is there. And I'm curious because I have this thing where I'm empathy and like I relate and people are so important to me. And I mean, really to the core, but then I also have this ambition that's this drive, this drive to like be better, to be good enough. This is, this is all back. It's based upon my backstory. And so I have this thing where I have to reconcile those two. I have to reconcile often because sometimes what happens like in in the leadership perspective or in those circumstances is I'm relating and I want to be a people, but I need to get stuff done. I have to like achieve. And so I'm curious to know for you, if you're kind of that desire to like, I'm going to be better, I'm going to be more, I'm going to have more, I'm going to achieve more like kind of thing than I did when I was younger or that I had when I was younger. Does it ever boil up or show up in a, in a, a relationship with an employee or whatever, where you feel yourself going over like a little bit over that and you actually want to pull back? Do you ever see that? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, you know, I, I would say I, I don't see myself or consider myself sort of this overachiever, right? I think it's, um, and, and I ask, you know, I ask, I, I said, this is sort of the self-reflection, reflective side of me is to say, make sure I keep myself in check because I know, you know, again, where I was and how I got to where I, I am. And also, you know, I'm, I'm candid with my direct reports, as, you know, to say, if you see me sort of um, kind of going to, going astray, please keep me in check and be honest, provide that constructive feedback to me as well. And, and I think that's absolutely key. Um, you know, I, I, you know, getting back to, to your point, I think, you know, there's just, there's this, you know, when I think about it and then sort of this reconciling is sort of in my head, it's, and it's, it is, I think part of it has to do with is um, wanting to be successful, right. And not, not, you know, again, you hear things where, you know, it's okay to fail. As they say, fail, if you're going to fail, fail fast, <laughs> um, but get back up. Right. Um, and I think for me, it is, I think that's, that's what pushes me as a, as a leader. Uh, and I know there's, you know, I've had times where I've made mistakes or failures, but I don't let that override what I've accomplished, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that. so, um, and so I, I just say, you know, I, I, I just kind of try to find some balance in, in making sure that the things that I do and how I contribute to, whether it's Denver Health or to other organizations I'm involved with, that's a, that, you know, 
uh, it's critical to be authentic. Um, mm. And at the same time, um, you know, when you, ha- when you have those moments, sometimes, you know, again, it's good to sort of just step back as a leader um, and making sure that the things that you're doing are, are, are really valuable to your time as well. Um, and from a perspective, so. Well, so now you're going to you're, now you're going to do the thing you were just alluding to, which is you're going to share a story if you could. I'd love for you to share a story, a specific story or a time when um, you were not maybe you just weren't the best leader in your mind. You you know you fell and and maybe it took you longer to get up. But I'm curious to know if yeah. you could describe that story for us and then tell us what you, did you do to get up? What did you do to come out of it? What did you do to kind of just improve and become more of an enlightened leader? Yeah, you know I I um you know I, I think back to a time where I, I worked at, and this was when I worked at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. Um, and I was there for a couple of years and uh, two and a half years, uh, actually before we moved here. And, and um, you know, we were in the midst of going through a huge electronic medical record upgrade uh, implementation. And, um, you know, I, I would say that, I mean, it, you know, for anyone that has done that, it's a, it's a lot of work. Right. Um, and making sure that your staff are in a good place as well, because, you, again, you hope once you go live, things are great. Um, but, you know, I decided and I and I would probably say I was a little selfish when I did this. We didn't we didn't get we didn't we did not as an organization say you couldn't take some time off during the process. Well, I decided during the go live weekend of that day to take a couple of days off for myself. And I was, you know, with my wife as well. And, and so, um, of course, when I got back um, and, and started to check in with some of my departments, you could see sort of the look on people's face. I mean, because it was a very rough implementation. Oh. It didn't go as smooth. And so there's only so much pizza and, and chocolate you can buy for staff. But, but the lesson... <laughs> The lesson learned there for me, I mean, this was me at, you know, sort of been, I could have certainly have been a bit more thoughtful about taking that time at a completely different time. Uh, and this is where sometimes the balance kind of, you know, rubs as a leader, trying to take care of yourself, but also know there's priority projects that are in play. So, you know, I reflect and say, you know, hindsight, I would have certainly not have taken that time away. Uh, because again, the staff needed to see me um, there with them um, in the grind of this. Um, and so, you know, as, uh, so for me, it was really about how can I sort of re- reestablish sort of those relationships. Um, and, you, you know, again, um, which, which again, it was really making sure from that point on, um, while, you know, we were still having issues with the electronic medical record, just stabilizing it a bit. But, but I was out, you know, visible rounding, making sure that I was in the, in those respective departments, um, that I physically was present and checking in with staff and making sure Mm. that they were okay. And then still making sure that we were (laughs) having treats and refreshments, um, along the way. So that's one of the things that sort of struck me as I thought about your question, um, as a leader, you know, again, there are decisions you have to make that certainly may uh, not be where you want them to be um, from a personal standpoint. But again, in that situation, um, it was absolutely critical that I be present during the, that difficult and challenging implementation. 
Mm, yeah, and I think there's probably anybody listening right now has been through some type, whether it's health, the, the, the electronic medical records, which Denver Health was one of the first, even before it was required to have that anyway, they had it. Um, but the thinking about any kind of implementation or anything that's changes in the organization that are um, uncomfortable, that take a lot of time, that increase stress level. And now we're like faced with the pandemic, um, issues uh, around race and equality, uh, social justice, like all the things that we're faced with right now. And we call it like a perfect, perfect storm thinking hopefully nothing else happens. We, you know, we can move past it and at least learn from it. Thinking through like this now in retrospect, right? When you see where we're at now and you see what you hadn't happened then, you probably learned a lot from that situation that probably propelled, prepared you to, to, for what you're doing right now, for what's happening right now, sure. right? To be able to be that empathetic ear, to make sure you're present and accessible to them when they needed you and, and to check in. And so those are the same types of what they call soft skills, which are really hard skills, right. need to be displayed in spades now. Like right now, we need to be doing this so much. It's, it's being that empathetic ear and listening and being there for our people. That's really what's most important, and now more than ever, yeah. right? Yeah, you're absolutely right, um, Heather. And and again, um, you know, as a leader, sometimes it can be very difficult. And I'll use the the term vulnerable, right? As a leader, to uh, put yourself out there, um, and um, in the midst of you know, and again, I'm not. Um, I mean, there are times when I have to sort of keep myself in check and what I will share, but in, in the things where I do become vulnerable, it, it is in the hopes of I've experienced a situation that someone is sharing with me to say that I get it. I know exactly where you've been um, because again, here's how I dealt with it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. When you're right with in the midst of everything that has happened, um, you know, and, and again, as you, you and I were saying, like, oh, my gosh, we have three more months left in the year. Please don't bring anything else to us right now. <laughs> but, but, you know, but it's, it is what it is. And, and I, I think, you know, you're right. Absolutely. With, with, in the last six months with COVID and um, with, with all of the, the, the happenings in terms of the racial injustice, I mean, those things, to say those things, particularly outside, do not intersect with what you do inside of work. Um, you'd have to be in a different on a different planet, uh, right? To to say that has not impacted the people that um, you work with, um, um, and and so we're just you know we're in a completely different you know think you know think back to where we were last year, right? Compared to this year, um, you know again it is a most critical time for the country, and and I and I say we. Um, you know, in many circumstances, it has elevated people to, to work together who I would say in the past probably would not have been in the same room. Um, and, mm. uh, and especially in the, on the hospital um, front, we have seen employees who have, who have looked at this and have built resiliency around how they have really come together and supported one another. Um, that, I mean, that has been amazing to see that. Um, and, and, you know, it take, you know, to say a pandemic, yeah, it put us in that situation to, <laughs> to, um, to, to see that from employees who are, are so, so supportive of one another doing um, mm. this tragedy. So That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So uh, for those who are listening now that could be just at a crossroads uh, in their leadership or need some extra motivation or needing some just extra pearls, what might be a couple of pearls of wisdom that you would leave them with today? 
Yeah, I, you know, I would say, um, and someone, I, I, either someone has shared with this, or you know, I've read it somewhere through LinkedIn or feed um, some article, but um, you know, give yourself grace, um, and um, you know, again, striving perfect to perfection. Um, if that's what you choose to do, just know that you may not get there. Um, but why put that on yourself? Um, and so I think it's extremely, uh, absolutely critical and important as a leader that, that again, um, when you find yourself in a, in a place where you make a mistake, I mean, again, um, learn from it, move on, um, and, 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 you know, again, try to find a place where you, you know, you, you forgive yourself. Um, but like I said, learning point. I think the other thing that comes to mind really is also about surrounding yourself with people who are going to support you, right? Who are going to be, um, whether it's professionally or personally, you're going to need those folks to maybe vent, <laughs> maybe have a conversation um, on a, you know, something that's creating a challenge for you. But the more you can have people build you up and not, in, in some regards, tear you down when you need it the most, that I think that's absolutely um, important. So again, support, surround yourself with that. There's enough negativity out in, right now. There just is. Um, so find a place in this, you know, where um, you need not to, to be inundated or immersed with that. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, again, those are, those are kind of, I think, couple of things for, for me. Um, and, and, it, and I, I probably would also add to that, Heather, is you got to, you know, how, how best to take care of yourself. Because if you can't take care of mm. you, you try to help others um, who are looking for you, um, you know, that, that doesn't go well either. So, um, so, you know, that analogy that I'm sure we all have heard about when you're on that airplane and you need to pull down the mask, mm. <laughs> you know, you so make true. sure that you do that for yourself so that then you can help the person next to you if, if you need be. But, but if you're not taking care of you, um, it's, it's, it's quite a challenge to, to, to think that you can, can do just as well helping someone else. Mm, that's good. That's powerful. I couple of those things, those last two points on like giving grace and surrounding yourself with people that are kind of like sounding boards and, and just to be there for you to vent. I will show up in my book that comes out in April, The Art of Caring Leadership. And the beginning part of that is literally on self-leadership. And it's, so you have to cultivate self-leadership before you can do anything else I'm about to tell you to do with your employees. And that is, those two are two components of it. It's so true. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I've had to learn that myself so much. I've had to learn uh, having four children and you know, business and just craziness around me. I've had yeah. to learn it. And like part of this year through you know, the pandemic, it's like I've hired a new employee. I have like a new team helping with marketing, all the stuff I used to do before. I'm like, I have to let it go. I have to let it go for my sanity purpose, right? And so I think we all have to, like, we have to get to the point and say, what can we let go? What can we delegate? What can we, whatever it is. And even like, I want, um, I coach people to executive coach and I, 
a couple of the leaders I've been saying like, you know, you might want to look at a personal, like a personal assistant, a, a personal assistant that's not for your work necessarily. So it's some, cause a lot of times they're just, everybody's trying to, we're all trying to balance work, faith, home, like all these things. And then like, sometimes you just need to say, okay, well, obviously my assistant can't help me with this, this and this, that's like outside of work, but I can get another person that helps me with that stuff. And some of these people that, you know, make decent amount of money, they can do that. And sometimes you have to do that. Like, what can I let go? Right. So, yeah, you're right. And, 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 and I, again, those are sometimes very difficult, can be difficult things to do if you are a driven taskmaster person, you can do it all. And, and I think you, you, to your point is you have to acknowledge, I can't do it all. Um, who can I lean into who has some expertise or bandwidth that could help? And, and sometimes there are people who are like, Thank you for acknowledging that I'm there. Um, and, and, and oh, just yes, I love be, that. Need to be called in to say, wow, you know, again, give them the opportunity. And, and again, you know, if, if it doesn't pan out that they are able to, but, but you never know unless you give them the opportunity to, to, to step up to the plate. I love that idea because then it's like what, what I'm doing is I'm allowing other people's gifts to shine by you know, leaning on them to do the things. Cause that's, that's kind of what I've had to do is I just, people are like more gifted in certain areas than I'm not. Right. And it's not that I can't do it cause I've already been doing it, but I probably wasn't doing it very well. And so these people can do it much better. And so just lean right. on them to do the thing they do well. Um, that's, that's a different way to look at it. I like it. It's giving a gift to someone else by doing yeah. that. And that's a totally, you know, it's a different way to do it because otherwise we're thinking we're putting too much pressure on them we're stressing them out more but if we ask and they're like oh my gosh yes i would love to it's like totally you're, you're like wow okay <laughs> i just gave them something while i, while right. I took something away from me right. so mm, I, love that. I love that thanks for that perspective i like when people Absolutely. are changing my minds in these conversations as i like having the conversations so this has been wonderful so glad yeah, you've been absolutely. on here yeah, I, I absolutely, again, so, so thrilled to be here, be a part of the work that you're doing. Um, and, and again, we, I mean, we know there, there are leaders out there and there are folks who, who may be even thinking about how, you know, maybe I've been asked to step up in a role and I'm not quite certain or, or confident or to have the self-esteem um, to, to step out of my comfort zone. And, and again, you need to hear from, from other leaders, people who, doing it well, some who, who failed and, and are doing well. But I mean, you need to hear those stories because again, it resonates, it helps you um, give you sort of that lift that you need um, when you have that doubt that's sort of sitting there, um, but you just sort of need that perspective to sort of take you sort of over, take your head, if you will, um, and, and sort of reassure you that it's okay, you can do this. Um, so, so absolutely thrilled to be here and, and so glad we're able to make it happen. For those who are listening into my conversation with Mario and you found it insightful and valuable, please do share it far and wide with everyone, everyone far and wide. And then also don't forget to do a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you might listen. And that's because it helps us move up that algorithm. I'm going to talk about it every show because the more reviews we have, we will compete with the other leadership podcasts. But there is something special here. I know you agree because you're listening. And that is in the stories of imperfection and what the, what the leaders have done to, to arise out of it and, and kind of become more enlightened, but not perfect. We don't, we don't like that word here. <laughs> 
<laughs> so definitely write the review, definitely share it far and wide. And again, thank you so much, Mario. It's been really a blessing to me today. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, Heather. Be well, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining the Leadership the Heart podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at Employee Fanatics around helping leaders lead with heart, go ahead and visit us at employeefanatics.com. That's employeefanatix.com. We look forward to seeing you. Definitely reach out to us. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter as well. We do send out a very robust newsletter with lots of great insights every single week. Be well. Be well.